Welcome to episode 129. I'm Sabrina Lynn, and this is Rewilding. Short and sweet introduction because I want to let this conversation between myself and this amazing soul speak for itself. So really quickly, this conversation is between Rafan Kabe, who I have a deep amount of respect for and also a beautiful vibe with just a way of dancing and moving and talking and flowing that allows for different aspects to be spoken about, different topics to be explored, different viewpoints and different perspectives on things. Um, Rafan and I, in this particular episode, we go into sacred sexuality or the healing of sexuality, the exploration of sexuality and where that can take us to. We talk about men's conscious evolution or a masculine's path to growth and that part is one of my favorite parts is asking him the question around what can women do to support men's and it doesn't have to be our significant other but what can women do to support a man's journey a man's um conscious evolution a man's path to growth a man's oh and it's stunning um i was sharing these exact words with the team the other day and it's this rafan delivers <laughs> so i will leave you with those words um, if there's links that you're looking for i will refer to a few different things throughout the podcast other conversations that him and i have had other podcast episodes that support this particular journey um, other Instagram lives that him and I have done that support this. If you're looking for those links and you just go to rewilding for women forward slash or backslash, whichever one that is, 129, you will find this episode with all of the links below. Also, if you're enjoying the show and you feel to support, it means the world to us to have reviews, to have you join the community, which is just look for Sabrina Lynn Rewilding and Facebook, that's us, um, to hear from you in any ways that you feel to reach out. Maybe that's on social, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're in that Facebook group. These podcasts are often recorded, not this particular one, but they're often recorded as lives in the Facebook group. So if you're ever up for being in like the live audience and being part of the comments and part of the conversation that happens as these podcasts unfold, you are so incredibly welcome to join us there. It's a beautiful space to be in with beautiful conversations and the lives are kind of personally my favorite because we just all... Um, I don't know, we just all gather around this, around doing good stuff and supporting each other. So it's it's cool. So and you're absolutely invited and welcome to join. It's open to men and it's open to it's open to men and women. Of course it's open to women. This is rewilding for women, but it's open to women and it's open to men. So everyone on the gender spectrum is incredibly welcome to join us in that group. All right. Enough of me talking and babbling on. Enjoy this episode. So I would love to start Rafan with the question. What is currently lighting you up? What are you currently 
passionate about or drawn to or maybe researching or weaving into your work? Like, what is it that's lighting you up or kind of top of mind mm. at the moment? And it can be really anything. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> that as a start. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, I have a couple of things, but I want to pick one. I want to pick one. Okay, there is a, a, a project that I've given myself a few years ago that I am now delving deeper into because I am in process of recreating my website, as in rafan.co.uk, just my personal one. And I want to write a blog on it mm. and I want to be consistent with it. So a few years ago on Instagram, I've given myself the task for 108 days to write something very concise that would be directed at myself, but it was within certain limitations. The limitations were <clears throat> it had to be positive it had to be as objective as I possibly could, and it had to be direct. So positive as in, I, whatever I write, I basically then edit the language into a positive manner. So I'm sure you know, like, you know, human beings, we don't, we, don't really, we don't really hear negation. So anything I would say, I don't wanna do this, I would turn it to, I want to do that. And, yeah. you know, so it, it forces one to think in those terms in more positive. I'm not talking positive psychology or positive where everything had to be positive. Even those things that I was quite pissed off about, I would write, but I would change the language to a positive linguistic, simply. Objective in that I had to be with myself and with people uh, as aware as I possibly could of my shortcomings meaning that um, some of those exclamations would be questions and some of those proclamation could still be nuanced to, to, to realize that perhaps I wasn't the only one right about this. <laughs> if yep. you know what I mean. Yep. I hear and, that in so yeah. many of your threads. Nice. I'm glad to hear that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and the last one being direct, meaning that I do not like food cakey language let me just <laughs> you know I have something against it so just to stay true to myself um it had to be direct such as yeah. something that I've shared perhaps with you before empowering oneself by victimizing oneself is an oxymoron mm. don't be a moron that was that it was yeah. okay let me be positively objective about it and be direct about it so that I can then go on and write more and say more about it. But I want it to be concise and direct about it without being wishy-washy, um, you know. So yes, that's the project that I am on right now because I've decided to write the book. Oh, beautiful. Wow. Yeah. So thank you for asking. <laughs> can I share something with you as a reflection? Mm-hmm. Um, one, this isn't the reflection, but just want to share with anyone listening that Rafan just referred to a piece on victim 
vulnerability with boundaries conversation that we had. And I'm sure in your show notes below, you'll have a link to another conversation, wherever you're kind of listening to this or watching, there'll be a link to that conversation. If that interests anybody, Mm -hmm. Um, it was beautiful that, that piece and that thread. So Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you brought it here too. Here's the reflection piece. I was meditating this morning on just feeling into you, your essence, your energy, you as a being and how I sense you and feel you. And of course, this is so limited, but it's what came in the moment Mm. and I'm hearing it in what you just shared. And I want to reflect that to you. And it's, I was feeling you as Benjamin Franklin-like. Okay. This morning when I was meditating and then hearing you say, I gave myself this task of 108 days and it had these three principles that to me is so Benjamin Franklin. I'm going to have to check him out much more. (laughs) I know of him, but I don't really know much of his life. And just Mm. how to me, you also feel um, as in like vast wisdom in, in a, variety of different places. And that's why I wanted to start with that question of like, what's lighting you up at the moment? Where does at least one of your passions lie? Mm. So, and then to hear that it's so Benjamin Franklin, like, um, is so perfect and Mm. and so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I'll tell you something. I, I, I read every day, but more so, uh, moreover, I read aloud. I read aloud because this I... more Benjamin Franklin. I love this. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, English is not my first language and I am doing more and more podcasting and more and more public speaking. And I want to be as good a speaker as I possibly can. So yeah. every day I, I do voice work and I tend to be very particular as to what I read. It's either the biographies or the blogs of the people I interview. So actually read them out loud or certain books that really fire me up. And today I reverted back to something that really, to one book that really, really fires me up. And it's by Brandon Burchard, um, the the manifest, I'm sorry, the, the motivation manifesto, because in there, in that is to me, the blueprint for for my book it's 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 the the positive objective and direct um and it's it's militant but at the same time it's loving yes you know this this is what this is the other piece and you just shared the perfect words militant yet loving Mm -hmm. and that was the next piece that i was feeling in you is this beautiful um dance between creative expression and freedom to create with discipline. Mm-hmm. And it is beautiful, Rafan. Mm-hmm. It is so beautiful to witness and to hear. And it's something that I just want to bring into the conversation and, you know, share this with anyone who touches into this conversation and almost as a reflective question to self, you know, where am I at with my freedom and creativity and my artistic expression? We can almost link that to feminine if we want to. We don't have to, but we could. 
And then where am I at with the container, the discipline, the, what was the word that you used when explaining Brenda Burchard? There's love and what was it? Militancy. Militant, militancy, mm-hmm. right? To me, that's yeah. like discipline, militancy, I'm holding yourself accountable. And, and I love how those two flow. And I'm just curious, Rafan, if there's something you could share, if you were going to, I want to weave that practicality that we mm-hmm. wove into our last conversation. Let's make this tangible and practical. Yeah. And if you were going to share with with others how you develop that or how you hold yourself accountable or make space for both the creativity and the discipline in your life, yeah. I, I want to. I would love to hear anything that you feel to share around this. I appreciate that. I'm thinking about two strands. One is about process and the other one is about identity that I would answer with. So in relation to process, I am a, I am a fan, I am a stu- student of, of how one does things. Um, and as such, I study and I'm curious as to how I can basically kill kill three birds with one stone mm. you know what i mean always like mm-hmm. i give you the example of me reading the the biogs and uh, biographies or the blogs of the people i interview of on both my, my podcast so that to me that's two or three stones at once because i get to know someone i get to show up prepared having an idea as to who they are through their words but i also get to do my work with mm-hmm. consistency now process to me is in relation to limitations I've came to make peace with that a few years ago. It was a gift um, from a couple of my teachers, really, actually. Uh, and the phrase that uh, one of them shared with me was, the path to freedom is to be found within limitations. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I'm so you glad know? you're weaving that in. And Please so, and so I, 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 I fought against that at first, as I think most people would, like, excuse my language, but fuck that. No, I don't want limitations. I want freedom, blah, blah, blah. But to be practical about it without, without limitations, you're all over the place. So whatever I do, whether it's teaching yoga, sequencing, um, choreographing, speaking to someone, writing something, creating whatever, I always look at what my limitations are. And I give myself a few tasks, one limitation that I would enjoy working with and one limitation that's going to push me at the edge that I'm likely to to fight against. And within that, I find that I can then both turn on both my feminine. I, I, I attach feminine with compassion and forgiveness and my masculine, which I attach with um, militancy and, and discipline. You know, so I, I do that with the process of 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 my create within my creativity, and uh, in relation to identity, then the process of becoming, and the identity piece piece, and how I attach who I am to what I am becoming, is very important to me. So I never want to sacrifice the potential of who I could be for what I am. Mm. And that is something that I am learning how to juggle, especially when you are 
around friends, family, colleagues who don't really share that path or that way or don't are not so inclined, then you got to find ways to go about dealing with this whole context. And this is where the positive, objective and direct came in. How can I, how can I go to a function? I don't drink alcohol, never did. But everyone drinks and someone hands me a glass and how can I be positively objective and direct with them so that they don't offer me a second one? It's not an insult, but if I say I don't drink or I don't smoke, my experience is, oh, go on, it's only one, or are you sure you used to smoke? And I want to avoid that. So in my in my identity, I, I, in the way I express myself, I want to be as positive as I possibly can be objective about it and direct so that the person in front of me understands it without understands what I've just said without feeling aware about it unless they choose to. So that that's the practicality aspect of creativity and, and becoming. I love your capacity to distill things (laughs) into this, this, these are the three things right here. It's, it's stunning. It's such a genius and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Sabrina, you want to know something funny? Yes, please. I've always been a teacher, right? Because my mom was a child mender for like 25 years. So I had students around me all the time where I would teach anything that I would be interested in. So I've always been interested in the breaking down of things and the sharing of knowledge, right? But what you just said about me breaking things down like that for a little while I actually fought against that because it made me a smart ass because I I for a long time and even to an extent now I can it's sometimes difficult for me to answer a simple question with in simple terms so because I break everything down and differentiation and distinction is so important to me um I have to learn and I have to constantly work on on simplifying things and not being so damn serious about things and not having a formula for everything. So interesting that (sighs) I'm being complimented now for things that I've I've really tried to tone down. And to just reflect that piece of oftentimes our greatest gift can Mm -hmm. also be our greatest downfall and it's working in that like in that fine line of, mm-hmm. of it being a gift, but knowing. And so I'd love that you're reflecting that so <laughs> beautifully and so perfectly. Yeah. So can I, <clears throat> I want to make it so tangible for those listening. And if you were going to go back to that example of you're at a celebration and someone passes you a drink or offers you a smoke and you were going to follow those three principles, how do you respond? Can you give us an example of how you would stay positive, objective, and direct? Okay. So I'm going to go with the other one because the drink is quite easy, to be honest with you, because yep. I've never drunk. And yep. And I've and a little secret about me, I've actually never been drunk either. I don't know what type of drunk I am. That I am curious about. <laughs> One day I'll go there just for the sake of it. Um, but the smoking, especially, you know, I used to be a, a reggae musician. 
I'm bold now, but I used to have dreadlocks below my bum. And, wow. and with that came the bass playing and with that came the weed smoking. So for the people who have known me for a long, long time, uh, weed smoking has been, has been part of me and my identity and my daily routines. I was never really a big smoker, but you know, consistently smoking nonetheless. So for these people, and I've, I've had a couple of arguments because I did yeah. not have the, I would say, the emotional maturity to, or emotional intelligence to really speak to them of my passing to the other side of not smoking anymore, very, very um, politely or intelligently, basically. Um, so someone comes, hey, Raf, nice to see you again. This weed is banana, you should really, it's nice, mellow, <laughs> have a smoke or, you know, take this when you go home. And I thank you, brother. I really appreciate it because most of the time it's a man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And even if I smoke now today and I decide it's the day where I'm, I want to smoke a little bit, the truth of the matter is I'm so old right now that it takes me a week to recover from a spliff. And I have books to read, podcasts to interview, <laughs> business to run, courses to teach. Um, and the truth is, this is going to slow me way, 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 way down. So either give it to someone who's really going to enjoy it and is at the place right now where this is going to be beneficial, or trust me, um, I'm not the right person for it right now. And that's oh, it. It's beautiful. You know. It's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. And I want to just weave how that example that you just gave to us and kind of invite everyone to feel into how can that help have challenging conversations in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. In, in relationship. And I always love giving moments and pauses of reflection mm -hmm. in our podcasts or things that mm -hmm. we're holding space for and to just bring it back to self and go, wow, if I were to have that conversation with my partner in that framework that you yeah. just shared or with my boss or my mom or my sister or whoever, mm -hmm. just, it was, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. But you're right to say that those conversations, I believe, are being had every day. Let's think of the person who decides to stop eating meat becoming a vegetarian or a vegan, yeah. um, the person who stops wearing leather, the person who's now, rec you know, converting or reconverting from a, a corporate job into something more spiritual, perhaps that's your case. How do you go about expressing your, 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 uh, become your identity, your new yeah. identity or your yeah. growing identity to <gasps> these people who know you from, from way back? Um, how do you go about expressing to your girlfriends that you're now married? So, you know, those weekend away when you used to do certain things, it's not going to happen anymore. And you know what I mean? It's, yes. it's, it's the growth yes. aspect. And if you are at a stage in your life, I think, where you want to do something better with yourself, you are going to come across those um, of your past who are very likely part of your present as well, who are not going to be so keen on you changing, on you evolving because it implies you changing. So they now have to rekindle their relationship and reconstruct their relationship with you. So quite a lot of work to be done right there, right? I mean, a simple change of, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. I don't want to be a scientist anymore. I just want to become a yoga teacher or you know, I'm, I'm becoming a psychotherapist, for instance, you know, so the way I speak is a lot more friendly 
and um, reasoned than it used to be. Right. Right. Because I'm, I'm right now, even as I'm speaking with you, I am practicing the art of being mindful of my speech, which yeah. is not something that I had to do as a musician. Right, right, <laughs> right. And this, there was this piece that arose in our previous conversation, and it was in that vulnerability with boundaries piece. Mm. And when you first brought up vulnerability with boundaries, what arose for me was different than what was arising for you mm-hmm. and what, where the conversation led to. And I was curious if we would go into this vulnerability with boundaries interpretation mm-hmm. or piece that arose for me. And it feels like we are through this, this mm-hmm. thing, and I'm going to bring it in because mm-hmm. it's just there and it's like tapping my shoulder So I hear often in women's spaces and I see conversations around boundaries, 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 boundaries from this, from a place of this is me, that's you. I need strong boundaries. I need healthy boundaries. And we can even start to go further cutting cords. And, you know, if we go into new age kind of lingo um, protection spells and, (laughs) and all of that. And, So there was this piece around boundaries and amidst being vulnerable and Mm -hmm. this like dance between being vulnerable, being open, but with boundaries. Yeah. And I feel what you just shared in that example of conversation and kind of where we're leading to. And I know spaces that you're in and you hold space for and what you're creating has a lot to do with evolution. Mm-hmm. And it's, you were using the words differently. And I love how we use different language. It's so beautiful to me, Rafan, but it was who I am today. I don't want who I am today to stop who I am yeah. becoming or. And I, I don't want to that, sacrifice who I can become for what. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Those words. And that is this we're constantly evolving, you know, this, yeah. and you and I both hold spaces for this evolution and, to talk about the challenges that come with rapid growth, with mm-hmm. evolution, with you know evolving our consciousness or our capacity to love or our capacity or our know thyself, and and I love that you know we're starting to touch into what are some of those challenges mm-hmm. and what are some of the tools that maybe we use ourselves or we share with others around that that evolution and so i'm curious if there's anything that's arising for you now that i've sort of thrown this into the cauldron of conversation (laughs) well one thing that i remember having to do and to an extent i'm sure i'm still doing but i i i would suggest and recommend to people who are making those changes and are really riding this evolution of their identities and are struggling a bit with conveying where they're trying to grow to to others because oftentimes you know you you know you're looking for something else for more of you but you still don't really know exactly what and where that is uh you know which is totally normal and natural you aim for the sky but you don't know what the sky has got you know for you basically and 
it's in relation to validation. So mm -hmm. what I'm here trying to say is that when I change something that is quite a big part of my daily ongoings that people kind of know me for, I do not want to be looking for validation mm. from others, either in a form of I agree and I understand and you should do it. I actually don't really care about that because then I become dependent on, on people agreeing with my new path. And that is that is a risky road to take because it means it's too feeble. You, you gotta you gotta have stronger legs underneath you, or at, in relation to the boundaries and the vulnerability as well, it becomes a case of you starting to whine and complain to people that where you are right now doesn't work, and you really and truly you just want shoulders to cry on. And to me, that is denied of of a path of action. Mm. It's just us talking about something that we are unhappy about. And without really setting things into motion, because we know the cure for quite a lot of things is action, action in action. It is not, it is not, it is not talking. It is not whining. It is not complaining about certain things. Now, one can be looking for allies, you know, in your friends and family. And as such, you can explain and try to break down your goals and where you'd like to get to but not as a way to get those goals validated. Yep, yep, I yep. love that. There are two pieces that stand out for me that I would love to share. Mm. One is, I have a friend who's a psychotherapist for many, 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 many years. She's mm. a beautiful soul and she has seen clients for the, probably 50 years, the last 50 years. She's one-on-one -on -one and has seen a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of things. And she uses the term sophisticated self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And it's really beautiful. She goes, and, and she will, in relation to action and yeah. going, you have such sophisticated self-awareness. You are so self-aware. You're seeing these things you're, you're but you're not taking action to change mm. what, what, and so i just want to weave that in because i heard you speak that the action piece the action piece the action piece and kind of want to just call us all out on that and offer that as one of those like let's be radically honest with self and yeah. be okay to truth bomb ourselves and go mm -hmm. okay yeah there's some things that i'm really self-aware of i'm really aware of but I keep repeating the mm -hmm. pattern. I haven't done anything to change it or to shift things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to just weave that in because yeah, I sharing. loved hearing that and to just <laughs> highlight that, I think, in the conversation for everyone. And then the other piece, I knew I was going to start to go into one and then I would lose the thread of of the other one. So maybe we'll just park that and I'll just see if that comes back, if that yeah. flows back in. But I'm going to shift gears a tiny little bit. You asked me a question. So this was in our original Instagram live and mm -hmm. you asked me this beautiful question and I want to ask it of you in reverse. The question you asked me was as a man, 
And what can men do to support women rewilding? And rewilding can really just mean reclamation of true self for those who maybe don't know that lingo and at least how we use it. But reclamation of true self or this evolutionary path, which is what we've been exploring here. Mm. And so to ask the question, Rafan, like as a woman, what can we as women do to support man's evolution? <laughs> now that you ask me this question, I realize how big of a question it was. <laughs> Um, <laughs> on an Instagram live, I, I love it. Don't get me wrong, but I now obviously have the weight of, of so many men on my shoulders. <laughs> Speak for us. <laughs> oh, thank you for asking and putting me in this, um, beautiful, um, position. Okay. So two things comes to come come to mind. First is I mentioned early on that language linguistics are quite important in that I've realized a long time ago, some time ago, that we don't hear negation and that negation has got a, a, a way of wiring our brain, has got a, a different physiology than when we speak in positive action-based terms. And I'm saying that to preface my actually my actual answer because I'm now thinking about telling you the things that I find don't work in happiness yeah and perhaps then I will go into what I think would go which it will be a basically a, a mirror of this and um, it goes like this there are three things that I find talking to everyone that I know men included but especially men that are making their relationships and their own growth within their relationships difficult with women and is the fact that from time but then often i'm not uh, don't want to be too polite there are three qualities that can pop up three um um not not habits but the term i'm looking for is more like uh, let's call them habits for now up until i get the right the right term it's not behaviors let's call them behaviors i think that's better and it's three that to me really don't help especially if someone if a man is really trying to somehow hold a certain type of space because there's only so much one can do three main things that comes to my mind straight away being self-centered being entitled and being a constant victim <clears throat> so you know first one is everything is about me so everything you say or do is in relation to me that gets tedious and tiring very very quickly and by the time you get tired this is the type of fatigue that unfortunately stops a man from wanting to go deep to share deep or to <clears throat> stay around long enough to actually grow with this person because then i as a man sense that wherever i go you are still going to take either credit or blame me for it yep not great the second one was about being entitled now i'm old school in the sense that 
Sabrina, so if you and I were ever to meet face to face and we go out to dinner, I am very likely to want to pay for you to eat because I want to take you out and just feed you basically. Um, but if I sense that you expect it, mm. it changes the whole, the whole energy around it. If you sense that this is to me a given, it changes the whole relationship around it to me. And that it means that it's difficult then for me to build something deep and profound with you because that sense of entitlement is just going to come back and come back and come back and come back. And I'm looking for an ally. I'm not looking for someone to drag. Yep. I'm not looking for someone to owe things to. Yeah. I'm looking for someone I can grow with and we can support and shoulder each other. Um, so that. And number three is something you and I talked about and I loved what you were saying in our previous relationship about victimhood and the actual choice mm -hmm. that we make both in our behaviors, but I'll, I'll now go back to language and linguistics. And I'll share something with you personally where a few years ago, I, I met someone I was working with in a different country. And anytime we'd, we know, we'd walk, we actually walked well together as teachers. But in the evening, we would have, you know, a meal and long conversations about life, teachings, philosophy, you name it. But anytime that she would share something with me, the first phrase that came out of her mouth was always, it wasn't my choice. Mm. I didn't want to. It wasn't my plan. Every single thing. So eventually, as as patient as I am, and I'm trying to be a friend here, so it means I need to point it out. Now, she knows I'm training to be a psychotherapist, and I didn't want it to become, you know, Rafan trying to psychoanalyze someone because that can be very disrespectful. Having said that, after four, five, six years, five, six days, I had to point it out and said, you know, every single thing every single thing in your life that you're kind of happy with living in this freaking amazing flat. Oh, I didn't want a flat so big mm -hmm. Two beautiful kids. Oh, you know what? I didn't really want to have children living in this country and doing fairly well. I didn't want that. So I can only imagine the things that we are not, that she couldn't be happy about how she would be speaking about, but you know, Oh, I didn't want to be a teacher. Somebody kind of forced it upon me and say, come and cover my class. So the beginning of every single stories was her basically in that receiving end. I.e., This is not something that I chose. It's something that was imposed onto me. So I don't know what type of complex this is. I'm sure there's a beautiful and, and tactical name on it. Um, it's not the complex of innocence but close to it, where victimhood. So now I'm, I'm looking at this colleague of mine, beautiful woman, by the way, where, as I mentioned to you the other day, um, something about how this person I, 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 I knew responded to her bleeding and, you know, realizing yes. that she was mentioned. I, I was saying I could not help be, but be attractive, but be attracted to this person by the way she responded to her own nature and her own cyclical monstrual uh, um, bleeding. Here, I could not help but be put off. Right. Here, yep. I could not help. It, does, yep. it didn't matter how beautiful she was and whatever could have been, 
you know, could have happened, whatever. It, I just could not help but be turned off because it really, <clears throat> pardon me, it really did not invite for anything for me to err because anything that I would then offer in terms of further trainings, further ideas, or development of, of, of professional um, uh, courses for other teachers and so on and so forth was eventually going to come back to, I didn't really want to do it, but Rafan kind of, you know, he put it on me and I was like, mm. and that is not a good start and it's not the basis for any partnership that I want to be in, either professional nor intimate. This oh. is so powerful and such a great like, part two to our original conversation mm -hmm. around victim and vulnerable. Oh. Sorry, I just mm. needed to put exclamation points on that and really highlight that and, and again, invite us all to kind of shine a light on self and go, wow, is, is playing victim serving me is, and we don't even have to use the word victim because sometimes we say victim and we go, oh, no, 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 that's not me. That's not me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so just whatever words help us to get into that place and go, wow, this is actually pushing people further away from me. This, yeah. this is repelling. And that's quite the opposite of what we're, we're oftentimes wanting yeah. in that yeah. space. So this was so big, Rafan. What a mm. gift. Mm. I'm glad. I'm glad you feel so. Yes, and I know because, I cut you off. Mm. I know you have more. Please keep going. Well, I was just going to say, not only it repels, but it, it, um, it cultivates a space where not only you're never going to be happy, if you start those thoughts and, 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 and reflections and sharings with others, but it also um, puts you in a place where your your self agency is basically denied mm. from the get go. Mm -hmm. And what I'm now going to say is that this is going to repel men like me, but it will attract other type of men. Yes, that yes. I am thinking most women don't want to be with because. The needy, bitchy, you know, little girl thingy is actually attractive to a few people. Now, I don't recommend anyone actually walks with that for too long. So not only you, you if you are attracted from the way I sound and what I speak about, you're attracted to someone like me who's growing and has got this growth mindset and is constantly asking questions as to how he can better himself and be that useful to the collective around him, then yes, you've got to understand that that victim mindset is simply not going to pay to be helping in attracting someone like me, like myself, but it will be useful in attracting others. Oh, putting an exclamation point on that too. Mm. Um, really calling it out, just really calling it out. Um, and it's, I love the self-agency words that you used. And ah, actually, you know, what's funny is I just have woven back to the piece I forgot before. And it's, it's, I'll share it in a second, but I'll move us there. Mm -hmm. So in this, you know, victimhood, lack of self-agency, it's, it's also 
this empowered lack of inner authentic empowerment if everything is outside of you, outside of you, outside of you, outside of you. Um, and to weave way back, I know I'm throwing a lot of different things in here, but to weave way back to when you were sharing um, about growth and evolution and not needing the good opinion of others, mm-hmm. right? Not looking for external validation. I don't need the good opinion of others and I don't need the bad opinion of others. I'm, I'm esteemed from within. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. esteemed from within. And just to like link those two as well, very loosely mm-hmm. from this em- empowered place. I'm standing in my center. I'm standing in my power. Um, and I'm esteemed from within. It's not happening to me. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah. So just throwing that, all of those words into the cauldron mm. of conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll share something with you uh, in relation to this, which I think you'll like. Um, I've been wanting to author a book for a little while. And for a while, my working title was you don't need to to understand, you don't need to agree. Now, this is not positive enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but it is objective and it is direct and it is exactly what I found as the formula that helps me deal with people, appreciate and accept people as they are. Meaning that when I ask a question, I really do ask a question, I'm genuinely interested in you, But the truth of the matter is who you are, what you are, who you do and what you do. I do not need to agree and I do not need to understand. So that is also something that I would kind of throw at people when we're talking about validation and not seeking validation. When I say to someone, I don't drink or I don't smoke anymore, I may tell them a little story or not, but the truth of the matter, I speak with the energy of someone who's telling you, truth be told, you do not need to understand. You do not need to agree. This is my path. I am sharing it with you right now, not for validation, not for exclamation, not for anything where I don't need your help. You know what I mean? It's it's not to be pretentious. It's just a case of those, to come back to the word boundaries, are my boundaries. You do not need to understand. You do not need to agree. Oh, I love that. It's going to be the title of a chapter, but just not the book. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I would love to kind of bring another question in along the, the lines of what can women do to support men's growth, men's evolution, men's paths? And here's another question. What are ways that, and this can be personal or this can be generalizations or how you feel, but ways that the feminine or that women expressing the feminine Hmm really gift the masculine, really gift men. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a, I have a sh- 
have a concise answer for this one as well. Yes. <laughs> and we can we can go. The the short answer is this. <clears throat> to for the first part of your question, how can you support men better? By doing two things at once. One, demand more. And two, at the same time, be more congruent yourself. Mm. I.e., ask men to step up and man up. Two, be congruent by doing so as a grown-ass woman and not a little girl who is entitled and a victim of the man not showing up. Awesome. And That's the short answer. Two, for you... For mm -hmm. a woman to to call you out, to ask you to man up. Yeah. How for you, and I know this is very different for different people, but that to be delivered, how? What's the most powerful, most effective way to mm. deliver that? That is going to be difficult to answer because the truth is we all react and respond positively to very different triggers. Yep. Right. Um, yep. I'll share one with me. Um, I've been with my wife for, it's going to be 20 years in July. And a couple of years ago, we had, uh, we rarely have rows really and truly because we've learned to communicate. And when she goes up, I just go down and listen. And when I go off, she kind of does the same. But we had a, we, we had a, we came to a point where okay, the, 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 the things are not really working out in this relationship and both of us were perhaps thinking that we could get and do better somewhere else. You know, sometimes you get to those places. And she said to me um, something that from time to time I throw in her face just to, just, just to tease her <laughs> with it. <laughs> um, she says, uh, well, I, I forgot the phrase exactly, but it was around the, the, the thing of, I want my man to be a CEO in a boardroom, just like I want my man to be a CEO in the bedroom. And right now you're not doing either. Oh. <laughs> that worked for me. Now, I don't advise you do that and throw that to, you know, bear in mind, we've got three children <laughs> and it was said after, you know, 15 years together. Um, but that worked for me. You know, yep. Um, yep. it was a case of, um, you know, I've got many ideas. I've, uh, I'm a pretty smart dude, apparently, from what people tell me. But the truth is, uh, when I was talking to you early on about action, 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 those are things that I am working constantly on. I am not preaching it in, in from high and mighty. I am constantly asking myself every day. It's been now some time. I ask myself the question, did I execute today? Because mm. for many, many, many years, I was not executing. And I'm wow. a true artist, um, ADHD guy with many ideas and capable of seeing threads from all over the place and making things work. But because my mind jumps from so many ideas and plans and projects, I tend not to finish much of what I, I, I start. So for the wife of a musician slash artist, and, you know, I'm sure many people will, will be able to relate to that. It can be very frustrating. You see this person you love, this man you love being so smart and yet not fulfilling his potential. There's, there's a time where you're going to have to shake him up. You're going to have to shake him and say, yo, fucking wake up. So um, that was one wake up call. Um, yep. 
for me to really start going, okay, um, how first, you know, I was pissed off because my ego was hurt. Um, but then I also knew where it came from. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So here's a, a, um, a practical piece. If as a woman you are with a man or as a woman you are with someone masculine who's not who's kind of short on 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 coming up to their full potential if they are growth orientated help them out by correcting where they're going wrong and say i know you're going to get this better next time for instance give you a practical example i mentioned that i do voice work right because yep. French is my mother tongue and English is my second language. But my wife happens to be a voice uh, singing coach. Right. And she's got perfect diction, blah, blah, blah. Um, so anytime that, especially over the past couple of years, that I say something wrong, as in, you know, the emphasis or the English term or whatever, she corrects me and says, you know, but you're still doing it this way or it's better than it was last year, but she's correcting me because I shared with her what my goal was. My goal is to speak as well as I possibly can and to be understood by as many people as I possibly can in the English English language. So from time to time, she corrects me and my first reaction is, oh. but it always comes, it's always in alignment with what I told her my goals were, you know? So even if she sees on my face that I'm screwing a bit by for being corrected and my ego might be a bit touched, uh, you know, I am still grateful for it because she actually supports me. And she will see things that only she can see given yeah. the intimacy of your relationship and the long-term knowing of each other. Yeah. Yeah. And the consistency of that is, is where it's at. And so I mentioned congruence, right? Because yes, see the, that was what just jumped in my head. I'm glad because it's there. easy for a woman to look at her man and say, you know, you should man up and you should do this and you should do that and everything else. The truth is, you know, are you? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you? Uh, or are you feeling entitled to just have a day off when I make more money? What 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 are we talking about? What is it we're trying to cultivate here? More importantly, perhaps, where is this coming from? You know, Absolutely. and there are valid reasons and there are reasons that I would not call valid, but it's for people to decide um, if where they come from is um, uh, in terms of asking those questions and making those requests from their lovers, uh, from their men, um, something valid or not. From yeah. time to time, I'll be honest with you, from s some of the complaints that I read about, that I hear, no, it's not valid just yet. Yep. No. Yep. You have a yeah. man who's working five, six, seven days a week, not making the six figures yet. He's is is working hard. For you to tell him to man up, this is not, this is not on. This is not mm -hmm. on. It's not a case of hard working. Perhaps the direction in which he's working hard is not something that you agree with or you don't have as much faith. But are you someone who works five, six, seven days a week? And if not, then, you know, I would say I just the language that you use and, and, and really do some work on, on the language that you use for sure. For sure. Yep. yep. I love that. And to highlight that really practical, tangible question that we can all ask ourselves, where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. And being able to be 
radically honest with self. Where is this coming from? Mm. Yeah. 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 Can we, can we go on on that? Yes. A little bit. Can I? Please. I would love to. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So now that you've asked yourself, where is this coming from? Do not stop at, it's a good intention. Please do not stop there because good intentions are not good enough. Good intentions, I gotta repeat it because good intentions, if you take one thing from me, whatever, I know you don't know me, whoever's listening right now, remember this next time you're thinking or you're validating whatever choice, whatever words you've used by my intentions were good, appreciate that this is not good enough. I love that. And this is where I think it becomes difficult. You got to have a much bigger plan and a much bigger idea and a much bigger uh, view, so to speak, uh, you know, a, a 360, not 360, but a much bigger ideas as to what is it you're trying to cultivate? What is the long-term goal here? What is, you know, the mid-term and, and short-term? Um, what, who are you speaking with? Is it, is it you you're talking really about as opposed to your partner? But good intentions are not good enough. We have in this world way, way too many missionaries. And men don't need their women to be missionaries. I am not interested in someone coming to preach to me their good intentions. Oh, I love that. So yeah. as, as rude as this may sound, the whole thing of, you know, I've washed your clothes and I've fed you and this and that, and this is not good enough. No, it's not good enough because here you're just validating whatever thing you're throwing at him in the name of my intentions are good and they're being shown by those things that I do simply and that I would do even if you were not there. That to me is not good enough. So I'm not saying I have answers to this question because it's a massive one that people need to work for and by themselves. But it's something that unfortunately I hear very, very often. And it's the, my intentions were good. Here is something that I mentioned earlier on, the complex of innocence. Yeah. I am, I am good. I am a good person. I am good and well-intentioned. I cannot be possibly be faulted. <laughs> And we go back to the the victimhood aspect. I am here trying to help you out, but you're now victimizing me. No. Absolutely. So it's Absolutely. complicated, and I'm sure people listening to this will say, well, so how do we go about it? Well, it's work, but it's constant self-awareness. What is it that you're cultivating with this particular person that you're with? Because as I mentioned, if you were to tell your man what my wife told me, you might hear the door. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so, so it's knowing who this person is in front, but I think it comes down to this. It's to push in order to get action done, as opposed to push in order to somehow just put someone so, so, so low that they don't even act anymore. Yep. And yep. that is, that is something that, um, that you can see in terms of the results, so to speak, is what you're saying, what you're doing pushing this person away from you or is it bringing you closer? Yeah. And is it helping them to blossom yeah. or are they withering? Yeah. And the, the practical example here is that my wife told me this, right? But she's also the one who built me my website. She's also the one who's doing all the automations on my, on my business. Right. 
she's also the one who's um, replied to my messages when I get an email at support at space and yoga. Yeah. Um, i.e. she wants me to be the CEO and as such, she's working with and for me as if I was a CEO. Yeah. And that is congruence. Absolutely. Absolutely. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. that is why we're still here. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. And as she does that, to be a bit more graphic, then we go upstairs and I become the CEO in the bedroom again because man is now feeling full of juice. I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm doing something and you're helping me out and the result is being shown. Let me thank you the way I know you appreciate. And it works. Ah, such a beautiful, tangible example um, and practical conversation around that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Be the, be the help that um, this man wants and you'll be the biggest help this human being can can yeah. can can benefit from from becoming the best human being and man that you can possibly have by your side and let's revert this as well the same for for men helping women obviously I know we've been gendered here but the truth is uh, the vast majority of people I know uh, live in those heterosexual orientations so uh, you know I make no apologies for it um, it works the same whether you're in a, a, a gay or couple or lesbians or whatever there's always one person asking for more from the other so the least the person who's asking for more is actually to help out more yeah yeah there's a peace around um, truth, like truth, just the truth and the service to the moment, the service to, you know, if we're going to weave this into like words or language that we use in, in rewilding or in our community, it's if you were going to serve that person's soul and their soul unfolding mm -hmm. and you were going to come with a clean sword, mm. right? You come with a clean sword so that it's not a projection. It, this, mm. I'm not coming at you with words that are I'm actually aiming it at myself or it's about something else in the world. This is, it's this ability and cultivating the capacity to be clean and it to come with love. Mm -hmm. Like, I am asking you this because I love you yeah. and I see this potential in you that you can't see yet. And the greatest gift that I can give you is love from here. And mm -hmm. it might hurt your ego. And sometimes that's the whole point is good. Get your fucking ego out of the way. Yeah. Get your little self out of the way. You are so much more than this. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's, it's this us staying heart connected, staying deeply embodied so that it's coming from a place of service, of truth, like service to the moment. This is not personal to me. This is yeah. not about me. This is not, you make more money. So then I get to get a new car. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with that place. It comes yeah. from such a deep place of like, my soul sees your soul. Mm -hmm. The deepest truth of me sees the potential and the light and the deepest truth of you get your head out of your ass man mm -hmm. <laughs> but mm -hmm. it comes from a place of it's because i love you this fucking much that i will be this full of rage or grief or whatever it is that 
that serves the moment or serves that being, whether that be a man or a woman, doesn't matter. Yeah. However, the energy flows through us to best gift them and serve them and wake them the fuck up in wake that moment. Wake them the fuck up. Very, very true. Sabrina, But coming you know, from that place mm -hmm. of deep truth and love, that's, that's it. Like yeah. us asking that question, where is it coming from? Mm -hmm. That. So to, to the first two answers I've given you, which was one, uh, demand more and two, be congruent. There's a third one. The third one comes with a sword. Mm. The, the third one is live. Yeah. Live. As in leave him. Yeah. Because you also need to be taking care of yourself. Love that. And there's always only so much that you can, what's the expression? You can take a horse to water, but you can't force him to drink. And once you have done enough of demanding more and being congruent yourself, and it's not being responded in, 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 in part, then I think for your own sake, as well as for ease, because we're talking about here, women dealing with men, helping men out, live him. If you love him, if you're supposed to be with him, it will happen eventually, I believe. Live him, let him feel what it's like not to have you by his side. Yeah, tough love, perhaps. But guess what? It, 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 it's worked quite a few times that I know of. Yeah. Men having yeah. to now step up. Yes, you're right. They may step out and go and do other things. But perhaps that's in their, your both best interest. Absolutely. Absolutely. And from time to time, this is the right thing to do. You've done the questioning. You've done the self-awareness. You've done the right um, intention piece. You've demanded more and you've offered your services, your help, your direct action. You need a website. I'll take pictures of it. You know, you need me to introduce you to so-and-so. I'll do so. You need a CV and you're not really good at writing. You and I will sit down and I will write. You've offered all those practical action-based solutions to his excuses. Enough. You want him to man up, woman up, pack your bags and Without disdain, without insult, yeah. without yeah. saying, I'm now going to go and get myself a real man because you're not setting something else up. Yep. You know? Just Leave so you with know love. Exactly. With love and reverence for yeah. what was. Blow his mind leave. because it will blow his mind. Any man doesn't like to hear this. I love you so much. I'm going to leave you. He's <gasps> going to go, what the f woman? And yes, but it's the right thing. Yep. It's the right thing because I love when the fact that you've asked me what can men, I'm sorry, women do in order to support, um, what men, women can do in order to support men. The truth is from time to time, do nothing but leave. It's yeah. also a truth. And I can share from a personal standpoint mm -hmm. that I have had to do that on occasion. It's and sweet. it is hard, mm -hmm. but it was the greatest gift that I could give him and I could give myself. There you go. And it was to leave and to leave with love. Yeah. And it's hard. And I am so glad that you brought that in. Yeah. There's something that I'd love to weave in. Something that was shared in a retreat space that I was in and it was working with masculine and feminine energies. And 
all of the women in the room or the feminine identified beings, primarily feminine mm-hmm. identified beings were sitting on one side of the room. And when this was shared, every woman sitting there went, oh, just this aha moment. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to share it here along the lines of the leaving. And the way that it was shared was, and this is not just for women, this is for men too. Totally. This is for the opposite side of the spectrum. Totally. So it doesn't matter here, but it's, are you in relationship with someone's potential? Hmm. Are you dating married to a potential mm-hmm. that An you idea. see? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. And, mm-hmm. and it was interesting when that was shared and just how every woman went either they know that place <laughs> and can reflect back to Ooh, mm-hmm. done that mm-hmm. <laughs> or they were being called out mm-hmm. on it as shit, I'm doing that. And so that fine line of seeing a potential in a, in a, in your lover, in your spouse, in another, in a friend yeah, and, and, you know, being like a, you know, a soul, a soul friend in that way. If I, I am here, I see your potential and like, I, I will bring out the sword to invite you to get up to your potential, that fine line of that versus I'm propping you up. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I'm, or I'm, being delusional to a degree that it's not serving anyone Mm. in who you are or what I see this often and hear this conversation often in women's spaces. And so just felt to weave that Mm. in just after we spoke about leave, leave. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have your own potential to take care of. Yeah. Yeah. And whilst you may be mother nature, nature as, as a mother, there is there are limits to this, and also mm. you need to mother yourself, and you need also to be fathered if you are in you know a straight relationship, and you're looking for a man to help you and support you and shoulder your growth and your expansion, and as such you you owe it to yourself. Now it's beautiful when both people can come to a place where they fully appreciate and understand that they are that for each other the imbalance is always when it's happening on one side and not the other right you know it's it's that is an issue um it should be like a seesaw (laughs) yeah the seesaw not just like one person always (laughs) yeah 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 and it's true that that seesaw from time to time is um I was listening to this podcast with um, the lady used to be the CEO of a of a computer company, which I forget the name of. But I love listening to powerful, what I call powerful women, and especially when the private personal co- um, questions are being asked. Mm. Most, a lot of them are married, quite a few kids and everything else. And she shared that um, her husband is a doctor or a surgeon, 
and that for it was agreed between the two of them that for a period of time she would kind of take a back seat so to speak to his career not a back seat to his career but let's say his career would dictate where they would live and as such what kind of job she would be able to take based on the location and the fact that the children needed at least one parent to be there more than the other. Yeah. So he was on his way of becoming a surgeon that is extremely demanding uh, in terms of the path, the studies and the work itself. But come 10, 15 years later, it was the case of, okay, I've done my part. And so when she was offered the job of um, the previous company she was with, it was a case of, now he got to the place of he could basically get a job pretty much wherever he wanted. So they went with her location. They went with, okay, let's now build you up. Now you've done your part. It's only fair. And is, you know, they had to, communication was, was where, it's, where, where it was at. It was a case of those are the places that I really don't want to leave out. Anywhere else I'm willing to follow you. And that's what they did. Now, that takes time, takes preparation, communication skills, you name it, a bit of luck, also quite a bit of love, maturity, intelligence, as in, you know, emotional intelligence. But I think it's possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, on the other end, of, on the other side of that, you hear stories of women, um, you know, similar to our age in, in their 40s who are now trying to uh, retrain or change careers and their man and even their kids would say, you know, we support you totally as long as our life doesn't change. <laughs> you, you, I'm, I'm sure in mm -hmm. those women's circles, you know, some of that, that selfish, self-centered nonsense come from like, I'll support my wife, you know, I'll give you the money for your course if you want, but as long as... Uh, my my life is not affected and that is that is bullshit that is not worthy of and that the sword needs to come out and this is difficult especially when you have children in but you got to think about those young children that are going to become in to become men and women and and what is this going to cultivate for them and how they're going to act as they see their father um you know treating their mother like this or the mother just 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 folding and just going you know what i'm just here to serve no, no. So my advice, suggestion is, yeah, find the strength to get that sword out and make it very, very clear that uh, if you've done a lot of work, I suggest you claim it back. Now this is not sense of entitlement as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. That is something else. You totally deserve that. This is beautiful. I'm glad, I'm glad you think so. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm always uneasy, but you made you made it come out of me quite quite <laughs> quite with ease. I am always um, um, tentative when it comes to. Uh, I'm being asked that quite often, fairly enough. Uh, fa funny enough, uh, what would you say? <laughs> what would you do in terms of relationships? And I'm trying my best not to be a dating coach because I've, <laughs> I've very little. I have, you know, I'm not going to tell you, anyhow, you get what I'm saying is just like, you know, my dating life hasn't been as busy as I would like it to be for me to proclaim to be a dating coach. I want skin in a game from anyone I'm coached by. So, but what I can do is relate um, philosophical and life experiences that may be useful in you making choices that are going to empower you and that are going to enable uh, growth and expansion of who you are and everyone around you, because if you do it well, everyone around you or those close to you should benefit from that as well. Hmm. 
I know we're coming close to kind of our time together and I'm feeling that, but I would love to um, just give a little bit of a space for anything that you feel passionate about sharing out into the world. So really anything around, hmm, like for example, right now, something that I'm extraordinarily passionate about is sexual energy. And I won't go into that, but, but that's something that is extremely passionate and very up for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so. But just, Sabrina, sorry to cut you, but for me too. So if you wanted to go there, we could finish this conversation talking about that because. Love it. Perfect. Here we go. Yeah. 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 So what would you like to, what, where would you I like know, this to go? right? <laughs> like, like we just dropped the, the intimacy bomb right at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. So for me, um, part of what drives or the way that I like weave in the world and what it is that I create out in the world or um, dance through is, is sometimes based on the things that hurt based on the things that just, it hurts me. And that's, you know, being, being in my, just really, really feeling and something that hurts me deeply and profoundly is the state of sexuality in the world. Mm -hmm. Not to say that there aren't, glorious expressions of sexuality happening not to say that there aren't embodied beings who really have healthy beautiful alive relationships with their sexuality because mm. i know that that's there i see it i witness it i live it i breathe it i drink it but to feel into kind of the collective state of sexuality breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my markers for what I'm being called to. And so yeah. the breaking of my heart is a beautiful thing for me. It's, I know that that's where I'm being called to in those moments. So I would love to talk about Rafan. And I love that we live in two different countries, two different cultures. You know, mm -hmm. you were even living in a different culture than you originally grew up in. Yeah. I've spent 10 years in Australia grew up in America. I'm back here in America. I live in a woman's body. You live in a man's body. Mm -hmm. And so I love that we have these different experiences. And I would just kind of like to throw it back over to you. You know, how is it for you mm -hmm. to feel into the collective state of sexuality? If that's something that you're, you know, we're both agreeing like, wow, that's something that I'm passionate about. And yeah. And you know I am passionate about this because our conversation a few days ago was on my podcast, the Sweet Blasphemy podcast. And, and the Sweet Blasphemy podcast is named Sweet Blasphemy, Sensual, Sexual, and the Sacred. Yeah. So, you know, passionate enough to start another podcast to give myself <laughs> even more work for something that I'm obviously not being paid for at, the time, at this time. And... The, the state of, of our relationship with Eros um, is such that I've been wanting to have 
deeper and more meaningful relationship, more deeper and meaningful conversations about for a little while to the point where I thought, let me just create that platform where I can then invite people like yourself who are drawn to put this right there on the table and say, let's dissect this, which much more with much more than just better techniques and oh, uh, better toys and bigger toys. And those things are interesting and important. And we're going to be talking about them and the evolution of, of self-pleasure and self-pleasure in techniques and tools. But it always starts at home and our ability to sense and believe in ourselves as sexual beings, understanding that we are animals and that sex, whether we want it or not, we want, whether we like it or not, is a big part of mm -hmm. our identity. And I think that a lot of us spend a lot of energy pushing that away. Sometimes you need to yes. in order to focus on other things. I totally understand that, you know, sex transmutation, sublimation is useful in, you know, becoming better at your job and so on, artistry and mastery. But the state, as you say, of our relationship with sexuality can definitely do with a bit more, a lot more exposure a lot more grown-up conversations because now I want to speak about emotional maturity. <laughs> you know, sex we know can be used in so very many ways, but also sex tends to bring the, the juvenile out of us. And, that out. you know, so... The transformative uh, power of sex is one thing, but how we go about it and how manipulative we become and how unaware and how juvenile and unpleasant we actually become when it comes to sex is something that can definitely be looked at. I love that you're bringing that in and so tangibly and to you know to almost just go what i just keep thinking of 15 year old boys <laughs> and and 15 year old girls and you know back to those reflective questions that i love and those spaces that i love to give us you know if you think about your current state of sexuality and this is kind of just us calling ourselves out mm -hmm current state of sexuality and you were going to give yourself an age of maturity around mm. sexuality. What is it? Mm. What is it? <laughs> I'm still, I'm still having sex like a 20 year old girl, mm. right? Or I'm still fucking like a 17 year old boy Yeah. or I have gone through, it's almost like rites of passage. So we can talk about rites of passage in life, but I think it's rites of passage in our sexuality too. Like yeah. I've gone through rites of passage. I've gone through the different stages and I've matured and I've matured and I've matured and I've matured. And I now my sexuality is at this level. And so just a moment for us all to kind of feel into mm. where are we at? Mm-hmm be honest and to be compassionate and to be okay with where we're at because there aren't 
we don't get the teachings or the trainings in school. There aren't the rites of passages, right? It was through different experiences that were really my like initiatory experiences with Mm -hmm. sometimes older men with sometimes um, just diving deep into shadow realms in Mm -hmm. myself and really looking at some of that stuff in myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And to also bring it back to sexuality, isn't just what we are doing in the bedroom is how much of my life is linked to my relationship to my sexuality, my, the maturity, the mature relationship I have to my sexuality, my expression, my deep connection, my reverence for it. Um, because it's, there is not a part of my life that my sexuality doesn't touch. There's not a part of my life that my sexuality doesn't influence that my relationship to my own sexuality doesn't influence relation. It influences every relationship. It influences how I talk to my nieces and nephews. It influences Mm. what I create in the world, how I create in the world, how I run a business. It, there is not a part that that relationship to that energy in my body Mm -hmm. doesn't touch. And I think the disconnect, one of the disconnects can happen when one pretends otherwise. Yes, yes, yes. When it's this, it's separate to other than, totally. yes, yes. You know, I, I created a, a school of yoga called Space and Flow. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've came across or came against as I was building the school and to an extent now, but I'm at a different place. So I don't really hear it as I train teachers, as opposed to just me trying to prove a point was the refusal within the yoga world for sensuality. Oh, it gives me chills. You know, um, now tantric traditions is one thing. Brahmic traditions is on the, on the other end. And obviously a lot of our, um, um, yoga lineage of what we work with in the West is very Brahmic, i.e. coming from monks who you push that energy down and you maneuver it and you manipulate it and you press it down and it doesn't control you. As a very generic term, the tantra, tantricas would go and expand and actually utilize this potential, which is totally different. But within the Western world, we've done a mashup of both. So within one single class, you can sometimes do a, an entire practice that is all dedicated dedicated to raising that energy and then keeping it right there. And then you finish with an exercise that can be breath work or sensory or somatic, um, somatically inclined that is all about sensing this and this and that. And then you have a disconnect. And from very young in my teaching career, I was able to I wasn't able to verbalize it, but I, I, I could point out the disconnection and the lack of congruence. And so I went out and, dis- and, and started to sequence and teach from the pelvis so that everything is actually coming from the spine outward. And that, what that created was a form of yoga that people would sometimes call, my, my school is called Space and Flow, and that sometimes people would call lovingly or amusingly or stack the piece, sex and flow or sexy mm-hmm. flow or, you know, um, I come to reference class and then I get turned on and I'm so horny when I leave this class that I need to go home and have sex or masturbate. Those things, you know, came. And I took them, those those comments as, as um, uh, compliment most of the time. But it also told me that I was onto something. Yeah. 
it, it for me it was the acceptance that linear movement patterns within space and the rigidity of our spine was against the sexuality and the sensuality that our bodies were designed to express themselves with. So the path to liberation to me was could not be about suppressing that. I appreciate the, the gift of limitations, but that is not to me a limitation nor a constraint. It is something completely incongruent with what we are looking for here. I am trying to free myself up, <laughs> somatically, my heart, my body, and sense myself better so that I can then sense my lovers better, my friends better, my family better. So this has been a, something happening within my professional life as well as my, my personal one. And as you were talking about, and you briefly mentioned being with older men, I shared recently, um, with my friend Saida Desile, that I've learned to kiss, but I've also learned to make love being with older women. And I think that the, the validity of, of having older mentors, because that's how I see it, is, is, is unfortunately being taken away from a lot of people because there's a lot of stigma. I am not talking about pedophiles sleeping with 12 and 13 and 14 year old, but for me as a 17, 18 year old man sleeping with women in their 30s and 40s taught me a lot. And yeah. more importantly, taught me how to treat the women of my age better. Yeah. Because from them, now porn wasn't really big in my days and I was never really a, a big porn guy anyhow. But from those guys, from those ladies I was sleeping with and being educated by, it was clear that the whole porn thing was not going to cut it. Yeah. Yeah. But because they were older, I could trust there and more experience. There was a trust there and my ego wasn't really as hurt when being corrected by them as it was by someone who basically had as much experience, if, if even less than me. Wow. So that was happening. So I'm I'm pleased to hear that on, on the other side for yourself, it was a case of being with older men. Yep. There was massive value in there. Now, are you going to get hurt? Is your heart going to be broken? Blah, blah, blah. Yes, we are not going to prevent that from happening by saying to our children, stay within, stay on your stay in your lane, keep dating the people who are your age and everything else. But I am here advocating. Uh, a, a bit more freedom and open-mindedness when it comes to what seems to be differences in age and experiences and to an extent even sexual orientations absolutely if you want absolutely. to try things out why not absolutely but do so sorry to, to go on do so without necessarily attaching a name nor a label to them then and yet there and then because that's something that I've heard a few times, you know, the 16 or 17 year old who's a girl who's sleeping with a girlfriend of hers and the parents straight away call, call her gay or lesbian. Perhaps she's not. Not to say it's, the, it's, it's a negative stigma, but it's a label that then she, didn't, she then needs to live with and somehow associate herself with when it was perhaps very likely an experimentation. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. An experimentation, and that doesn't translate necessarily to this label that you're now supposed to live with, whatever that means. And the same with with young young cats, young young dudes trying things out. 
slightly different stigma on this one, but it's the same thing. Before you Absolutely. call someone gay or trans or this and that, appreciate that we all go through periods and phases in our lives where we are not sure who the fuck we are. And some of these are extremely valuable initiatory experiences. Totally. And it's not that that's going to be us forever. No. But they're so valuable and for us to not limit ourselves to them. So for me, it was, you know, to kind of just share a reflection off of what you shared. Sleeping and being intimate with older men, it was men who weren't addicted to porn. It mm -hmm. was men who came into their full sexuality before porn became a thing. Mm -hmm. And to experience a man whose nervous system, whose sexual energy hasn't been influenced by computer, phone, in that way, yeah. was profound. Profound. And then the gift that I can give to lovers my age Mm -hmm. right? Because there's the, a transmission that's come through and a knowing of, yep. wow, there's a way where you're not being present with me. Mm -hmm. And I can call you out on that because I know what that feels like in my body when you're Somewhere here yeah. in your mind versus when you're here. Yeah. But I wouldn't know that. And I, so I wouldn't be able to use my sword and say, hey, fucker. Yeah. Like either you're going to be in the present moment and you're going to make love to me or go pick up your phone and go do your thing. Because yeah. I'm not interested in this half in, half out thing. But I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. Had I not had those experiences. Yeah. And also to weave in different cultures. So totally. being intimate and exploring with others from other cultures has also been one of the biggest things to break me out of my Americanness. <sighs> Tell me about it. You know, I live in the UK, my kids are English, and I see them with, I've got, I have two boys. <laughs> You're moving them back 14, to France 14 for a little and while. <laughs> yes, I tell you, that is a big, big one, right? Because, look, I, I grew up in a place where obviously things are changing due to COVID, but we kiss each other. Like the concept of personal space is very different. Yeah. We touch each other a lot, yeah. which means that you are educated on touch and on not being offended by the contact of another human being, which to me is very much the norm here in this country. Yeah. And perhaps the reason, the main reason why I will never really call this place my home, it will never feel like this. So yeah. my kids are growing up with this, even though their mom is from the Caribbean and has got a similar um, upbringing wow. that I've had in terms of, you know, the touching, the dancing, the closeness, the directness. They're growing up here and the environment is what it is. Um, but you're right, from time to time, I'm just like, I'm speaking to my brothers and I'm like, I wanna send them to you for like two or three months just for them to learn other ways or send them, my youngest was in Barbados for a couple of months, but they were in lockdown, unfortunately. So I didn't get to experience what it's like to be a 14 year old Barbadian, Bajan boy right. dealing with young girls in that country, which is different than, than the UK. But you're totally right. I think that you wouldn't have learned that and to step back to what we talked about as to how women can help men 
It's by knowing also yes. what they want, what they need, and really claim it. Again, not entitled to, but claiming it because they deserve it. They are and worthy you know of it. it. And you know it because you've been there with, you've been with a man who somatically was able to be there with you as opposed to trying to recreate whatever scene yeah. he's been talking about, he's been watching or whatever else. And to educate. Now, this is difficult. Men have, tend to have a very fragile ego. But the truth of the matter is men, myself included, we need to be educated. And that education, especially when it comes to sex, is better when it comes with you know, the sex that you are attracted to yeah, in yeah, real, and, in real time. And just to bring it back and maybe kind of start to wrap things up, but it goes right back to that maturity piece, mm -hmm. that, that maturity piece and being okay. You know, as you were sharing, it was beautiful to get to learn from older women because it didn't hurt. I didn't have so many defenses against it no. or egoical <laughs> mm -hmm. things against it um, yeah now if i if i may add a piece about the sacredness of 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 what you and i perhaps where we are in our life eh, we are now experiencing i would always now suggest to people that they do not reach necessarily from the get-go for sacred sex this is going to sound a bit funny to people I would say, have the bad sex, have the sex that you don't know what the fuck you're doing, have the sex with the people you're not really in love with, <gasps> learn what you like and don't like, do not reach for the orgasm all the time, because there's a lot of talk about orgasms and we all want them, but appreciate that to really appreciate the goods, you gotta know what it also is not so good. I'm not telling you to live a life of bad sex. I'm telling you to have enough experience so that eventually you can get into the sacredness aspect of a sex, mm. a sex life. Um, you know, I, I, as a parent, and I, I talked about my two kids, my two boys, but I have a 23-year-old daughter who's been sexually active for a while. Also, you know, I'm totally aware and conscious that she's going to have her own experience as a woman and as a black woman in this country. But I don't necessarily profess to her that, you know, everything she does sexually should be something she's proud of. Right. I'm not telling her to be a slut. You know, we barely talk about sex, truth be told. But it's okay so she can sense that in me. It's like the support is there. You're here in those formation, formative, formative years where you're supposed to be learning about shit. Absolutely. And you need Absolutely. to come against a couple of things. So I, I can only give you the tools to be resilient and, and the, 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 the right mindset for you to develop a learning strategy that is going to help you declare and build up for yourself what your boundaries are, where you're willing to go or not, the type of intimacy that you need in order to delve into things that you've never really delved into before. So as opposed to let me just get drunk and do it for doing its sake, you know, work out for yourself what are those basic needs that are going to really put you at ease in exploring things that you don't know yet. Yeah. And that, that piece around sometimes we learn who we are and sexually who we are mm -hmm. via learning who we are not. Yeah, totally. And sometimes that, that's been a big part of the path for me of, yeah. 
I don't know it until I experience it. My body doesn't even know it until my body experiences it. Yeah. And whilst there are a few things that you might say no categorically, which is totally fine, there are quite a few things that, you know, and as you and I both in, in our early 40s, you know, I'm now considering things that I've never thought oh. about before. I just had a few years ago, something that was a no go for me. Mm-hmm become the most pleasurable, opening, enlightening, sacred fucking experience of my life. There you go. And it was a no. It was yeah. a hard no. And it needed and now, to be a no for a few years, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Fawn, I love <laughs> talking to you. And I just love, back to the Benjamin Franklin, to bring it all the way back to that of just we can go into so many different places and topics and threads. And I love dancing with you. I love weaving with you. Same, yeah. um, I love the depth. I love the vulnerability. I love the rawness. I love the truth bombing and the calling it out. And I just really, really appreciate what, what we create together. Mm, yeah. Same here. Same here. So very grateful for, for who you are and, and what you are becoming to me. Mm. Thank you for everything. Mm. No, my pleasure. An honor, really. <sighs> you know, you said um, we become by by um, also being the wrong person, so to speak, you, by experiencing. But I also believe that we become by our relationships and by the people yeah. we attract. It's been said many times, you know, um, you know, you are the sum of the five people, blah, blah, blah. My mom used to say to me, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. And I'm now at the stage where I'm like, tell me who you attract and I'll tell you who you're becoming. Yes. Um, Yes. So I feel that um, you either attracted me or attracted you. We both somehow attracted each other. And I'm sure other people around in our lives as well are coming, coming by going, oh, wow, this is, this is now what I'm attractive, attracting and attractive to. Uh, and it's, so you're the proof that I am on, um, you are the living proof, I believe, that I am on the right path. I can say the exact same. Mm. I can say the exact same. People it's listening right now must be like, oh, enough cheese. I know, like, Jesus. come on, guys, cut it out. <laughs> cut it out enough and get of a room the lovey dovey <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's true. You know, we can't apologize for it. It's true. So I can't wait until we actually get face to face and perhaps it'll be awesome for us to teach. Uh, and lead uh, or for me perhaps to come and uh, I'll be uh, I'll be honored if one day I'm invited into a, a woman's circle and being asked questions on the spot <gasps> as scary as this feels saying it <laughs> I am up for it if you ever need uh, a, a guy to speak I was feeling into that this morning when I was meditating too it's just okay. I've not taught with anyone in the past because it hasn't really felt right ever mm. but I felt that this morning when I was meditating on us. So. Wow, that's massive, massive compliment. Thank you. All yeah. right, so we shall talk and let people know. <laughs> yes, we will let everyone know. And just to wrap things up, there's links and there's all kinds of mm-hmm. ways to find the other conversations that we referred to. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you very much for having me. Mm, thank you. Thank you.